0: Edition of Patriots Beat here on the CLNS Radio Network. I am your host Jeff Kane at Boston Fat Guy. Joining me as always is Bobby Kravisky at Bobby underscore K ninety one. Also on Twitter, follow the podcast at Patriots Beat and of course on Facebook www.facebook.com dot slash Patriots Beat. Patriots improved to seven and zero with a victory over the Miami Dolphins last week, and it's up against the Washington Redskins. This week, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Don't forget to tune in afterwards to the Patriots Post Game Show by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Patriots Post Game. Without further ado, I'll bring in my main man, Bobby Kravitsky. Bobby, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. You know, 10 days off allowed me to grow out the facial hair, but now that we're back to business, I use my Harry's razor blade to clean things up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, don't forget, to with any... One of our listeners here to Harry's, go to harrys.com because harrys.com was started by two guys who are passionate about creating a better shaving experience. For listeners of my show, Harry is giving $5 off your first purchase of her starter set with the coupon code PATRIOTS. After entering my code PATRIOTS at checkout, you can get Harry's starter set for just $10. That's a month's worth of shaving for just $10 with my code word PATRIOTS at checkouts. Harry's starter set is a month worth of shavings and comes with a razor, three of Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades, and a bottle of shaving cream all shipped right to your door. You can have the clean shave that I, the Boston Fat Guy, have every single morning. I'm shaving my face with Harry's blades. They call it No Shave November. I don't every day. I'm shaving with my Harry's razor at harrys.com. So say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables and say hello to Harry's high-quality blades at a price you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code word PATRIOTS at checkout to get $5 off your first purchase. Get a month's worth of shaving for just $10 with the code PATRIOTS at checkout. That's harrys.com, code word PATRIOTS. And, of course, we are talking about the Patriots here and their home game against the Washington Redskins. Let's get right into this, Bobby.
1: Yeah, this is – look, everyone expects this game to be a cupcake. There really hasn't even been much talk this week about Sunday's matchup against the Redskins, but the reality is that any team in the NFL can pose a problem if you don't take them seriously. So luckily, while the fans may not be taking the Redskins seriously, the Patriots are. We heard Bill Belichick talk about how much of the trade deadline – He spent reviewing film, studying up on the Redskins, so so that way this game plays out as the fans expect.
0: I expect this one to not even be close, Bobby. Just two totally different teams between the Patriots and the Washington Redskins.
1: Two different organizations.
0: Completely different organizations. You look at the difference from—I mean—from the very top down—from uh, Mr. Kraft to Daniel Snyder. I mean, it's two completely total, total guys. The way they go about building their teams. Daniel Snyder will throw, you know, a thousand dollars at a cricket if he thought it would help him win. Where Bob Kraft, you know, trusts Bill Belichick and trusts Nick Casario to turn around and develop a team through the draft with. Quality spending in free agency, trades, waiver wire pickups, all that sort of things, completely two different ways that teams are built.
1: Uh, I'm right there with you, and look, we said it throughout the offseason that you build a championship team through the draft. You augment through trades and free agency. And the Redskins just don't seem to have gotten that message, although I will say that you know, now there's new management at the helm. So we'll see what the future holds for Washington with new leadership. But for a long time now, they have failed to build through the draft. Like you said, Dan Snyder throwing just gobs of money at the Albert Hainsworths of the world, and it hasn't worked out.
0: Exactly. And then you see the Patriots, who of course traded for Albert Hainsworth and trading a fifth-round draft pick to the Washington Redskins. They got him on, on the cheap. They bring him in here. They don't have to pay the, spend the high price money. He's a bust here, but all it cost was a fifth-round draft pick. That's, that's the difference between these two teams.
1: That's right. You just wash your hands of it and move on and better off. And now, look, as we start to talk about Sunday's game and containing the ground attack led by Alfred Morris, this Patriots defensive line, Jeff, Sands-Albert Hainsworth for about five years now or so is looking pretty good. There's a lot of young talent on there. I know it was just one play, but against Miami, Silver Saliga had his best individual play of the season, blowing a play up in the backfield. Great effort to make the stop on Lamar Miller for a two-yard loss. Hopefully that sparks him, gets him going. And then on top of that, you have Malcolm Brown, who just gets better each and every week, and it's been really fun to watch him step into the void that was left by Vince Wilfork's departure in the offseason. And so... Get, being able to stop Alfred Morris is going to be a big part of this game. Washington's definitely more of a passing game, but they can still find ways to hurt you on the ground. So once again, I expect the Patriots' run defense, which has been stout this season, to step up to the challenge. You
0: know, you're crazy right there because you talk about the Patriots as this defensive line. We all thought back in uh, March when Vince Wilfork was allowed to walk. What kind of uh, impact this would be, and it was a question mark at the beginning of the season. We didn't know what was going to happen. Of course, with Dominic Easley coming back after uh, his knee injury, rookie and in Malcolm Brown, Silva Salinga, you know, and, and Alan Branch, and-, and then they trade for Akeem Hicks, and they've taken what a lot of people thought was going to be, uh, you know, not a great group of players and they've really been stout back to back weeks now uh against the Jets and then against the uh, Dolphins uh you know they well we saw what they did holding um the Jets in their running game it was unbelievable and then last week against Lamar Miller who had exploded in back to back weeks against the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans they hold them to 16 yards, so it's unbelievable. Alfred Morris, you know, he's a, he's a good running back. Uh, they have Matt Jones. I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. He's had uh, some ups and downs, but, you know, their, their running game is averaging just under 100 yards per game. Uh, it'll be, you know, interesting to see how the Patriots decide to stop things. Of course, I'm looking also at this, the passing game with Kirk Cousins. No, not that Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but he's going to get Deshaun Jackson back this week.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously the strength of this Redskins offense and not that Washington's offense is such a juggernaut to begin with, but that is the strength of Washington's offense is their aerial attack. You know, they've got the deep threats. They get Jackson back and Pierre Garçon, and then Jordan Reed is a very good tight end when healthy. He's had a lot of durability concerns, but still a productive player when he is on the field. So, the Patriots, you know, I I know people like to carry over That stigma that they struggle against tight ends. Well, they've done a pretty good job this year against a long list of players that includes the likes of Charles Clay, Jason Witten. They're you know both tight ends, Fleener and Allen, in Indianapolis. They've done a very good job against tight ends this season. Whether it's McCourty or Patrick Chung, who's improved in man coverage and is basically a linebacker now, in case you haven't noticed. So Jordan Reed presents another challenge, and once again. I expect the Patriots to step up in covering him. It's going to be very interesting to see when Washington gets into the red zone how the Patriots cover Reed and how effectively they do. And then with Jackson and Garcon, it's really going to be interesting because personally I'm more comfortable with leaving Butler one-on-one with Garcon than I am with Jackson. And I still get the feeling, you know, early Earlier this week we heard Butler talk about being excited to go up against Deshaun Jackson that last year in training camp when the two teams held joint practices that he asked if he could go against Jackson. and it, He was so much younger, so much less experienced at the time that it didn't go well. But it, So it sounds like there's a chance that it's Butler against Jackson with help over the top and Logan Ryan one-on-one with Pierre Garçon. I'd rather flip that and see Logan Ryan play Jackson underneath with help over the top and leave Butler one-on-one with Garcon, but it does sound yeah. like it might be the opposite.
0: I'm good either way. And I look at Pierre Gossard, and We remember Pierre Garcon, what he was able to do uh, with Peyton Manning in uh, the Colts system. Uh, this year, 37 receptions for 350 yards and three touchdowns, only getting 9.5 yards per, uh, per catch, which is extremely low. Anything under uh, 10 or 11 uh, yards per catch for a, a wide receiver, just, just, doesn't seem great Pierre Gaston's lost that that second gear that he used to have I feel that putting Logan Ryan on him uh is not a bad idea because Ryan's done some great stuff this year in coverage he's really coming along here in his third year uh in the NFL Butler's got that better closing speed and you know a lot of people sit there and and complain about you know Butler's not the shutdown cornerback they haven't asked him to be He's got better closing speed, and I believe he can, you know, work himself over the top, uh, you know, against uh, against uh, Djax. But I mean, remember Djax last year in the in the preseason opener uh, against the Patriots burned uh, Drell Revis, so he can, you know, get deep and get down. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Kirk Cousins. I mean, Cousins isn't a phenomenal quarterback. Um, but he is completing almost 69 percent of his passes on the season, uh, with uh, nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. I'm looking at this, and I think they got to get after, get after this team, get after them uh, with what they've been able to do with the with the defensive uh, front seven, and, and and really get after and shut these guys down. Don't allow anything over the top. Um, you know, we can see a lot of you know. Cover three, as we talked about many times, they've been playing a lot more cover two this uh, year with a two-man shell. And then they've also been playing, you know, that cover three uh, or a man cover one with a safety down in the box. And that safety, more often than not, this year has been Devin McCourty. Uh, and I think that's big time to uh, to make up for, uh, you know, what they have lost on the cornerback's uh, size with McCourty getting down there, being able to play that slot receiver or that tight end. He's done a fine job.
1: Yeah, McCourty has been excellent as they move him around. playing closer to the line of scrimmage and Jeff like you said they've played a lot of man recently obviously they're going to mix coverages throughout the course of a game but they've played a lot of man defense cover one recent matchups so it'll be interesting to see how much of that they play against Washington with two receivers who are outside threats I'm not saying that it's the greatest tandem you're going to see in the NFL but nonetheless that's what Garcon and Jackson bring to the table those are their strong suits so we need to see how they match up, and one of the keys is going to be third down defense. This Patriots team was much more effective against Miami than it was against the Jets, so it was good to see that get corrected. They're going to need to carry that over into Sunday's matchup against Washington.
0: Oh, I agree with you. The third down offense and defense, uh, getting on it, on the f- off the field and third down, and then getting on the f- you know staying on the field. Uh, on offense is huge, and, and the Patriots have, have had two back-to-back kind of rough weeks of uh, of third-down offense. I expect them to be a little better this time around. But against the uh, against the Miami Dolphins, you know they were just three of twelve. That's twenty-five percent. This is a team that uh, through the first six weeks of the season was averaging about fifty percent. It's a little tough, the back to back weeks of uh of bad third down play. Uh, you know of course, it just said three of twelve against the uh, uh the Miami Dolphins against the Jets. Uh, you know they were still fifty percent, but that that fifty percent uh in the first half, they were three of nine, thirty three percent, and then they they picked it up, uh you know going down the rest of the way, being uh, four of six or four of seven. Um, in, in the second half, so or five or seven. I'm sorry, in the second half on third down. So that's uh, that's one of those things you've got to look at because that's very key for the Patriots. It's getting to those third manageables, and I guess this, uh, you know, Washington defense. I can definitely see them being able to do that. The, the Washington defense isn't exactly, you know. Knocking the face off the ball. I mean, they're giving up 24 points per game, getting absolutely killed in the running game, giving up 128 yards per game. Could have big games here by Deion Lewis and LeGarrett Blount. Uh, You know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, They've been better against the pass, but you wonder how much of that is the fact that, you know, they've just been down and people have been able to run down their throats. Um, You know, there's no real guy that you have to sit there and say, Oh, we gotta we gotta stop him. He's he's that he's that guy that we gotta stop. You know, there's no there's no Sue Sue on their defense. There's no Cameron Wake. You know, there's there's no J J Watt on this defense. You know, they have 13 sacks as a team, but really no big guy that you have really gotta shut down.
1: Jeff, I, I don't even want to add anything. That was perfect. He, he nailed it across the board. And the reality is, sticking with your last point, there really isn't someone that you have to game plan around as an offense like you would with someone who's of the caliber that Indomit sue you. Jason Hatcher is a solid veteran. He tries to bring some leadership to that team, but again, he's not going to take over a game. Ryan Kerrigan, who I believe is banged up right now, is a good pass. Rusher, but injuries obviously a factor again with his season. So we'll see if he plays, got a hand injury, took part in drills on Wednesday, and he's got that thing wrapped up. So there's just there's no one on this defense that you say we have to get the ball out quickly because he's coming or this guy's in coverage. We're gonna have to you know, let's stay away from him as much as possible. They just don't have a single game changer on that defense and the Patriots are going to have no problem once again creating mismatches look you talked about three of 12 on third downs against Miami something we talked about going into that game on the podcast that week was the reality that the Patriots were going to be able to create a lot of mismatches they shouldn't have problems moving the ball and a lot of the reasons that they struggled moving the ball at times and were just three of 12 on third downs was internally it had more to do with the Patriots and the play calling and execution than it did with Miami's defense stopping them. Well, against Washington, it's the exact same situation. And because of the struggles that the Patriots had offensively in the first half against Indianapolis, I'd like to see them play a consistent game, obviously on both sides of the ball, but especially offensively where, look, the offense has been putting up points and is a juggernaut, but... When you see them against defenses that they shouldn't have any issues with, because that game against Miami, let's be honest, that should have been a blowout in the first half. That should have been a blowout from the start. And it looked that way with the Gronkowski touchdown, but didn't materialize that way in the first half. It took the second half to get there. But when you see a team that should be able to manhandle bad defenses, not doing so because of its own self-inflicted issues, it just it just makes you think. Well, they've got Denver coming up, and when you get to the playoffs, and the quality of competition is typically better on both sides of the ball, especially the defenses. It's it's something that needs to be corrected for a long term outlook.
0: It does, and I mean it's it's different things here. Now they were much more balanced against the Miami Dolphins than they were against the New York Jets. Um, and you know that three or twelve was. Bad, and I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to take that because they've been so consistent, so good this year, and I'm going to kind of throw it out the window because I think it's it's a team, you know, short week, Thursday night football. I can't stand Thursday night football. It's just not good football. The body needs more than just three days to recover. We've talked about that ad nauseum, so we don't have to do that anymore. I'm just looking at this Patriots team, Tom Brady playing the way he's playing right now, you know, 20 touchdown passes, only one interception on the year that, you know, uh, the caveat I think you have to say when you say with one interception is to a ball that was that hit Julian Edelman in the hands. So, I mean, that's the that's the one caveat that you have to say, because Brady is playing at an otherworldly level right now. It's a level that he's never Reach. You can look at 2007. Yeah, maybe that offense was a little more exciting because they could take the cover off the ball. But there isn't a time where I don't think that the Patriots can go out and score 30 points, whether it's, you know, passing all over the place, um, you know, to the likes of Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, uh, you know, and and dropping the ball off to uh, Dion Lewis, or if it's running the ball with Lewis, uh, you know, and uh, LeGarrette Blount. I think that the Patriots have that ability to do everything. The one thing we're worried about is this offensive line, and even with the offensive line being as banged up as it is, Dave Gouge has done such an amazing job with this offensive line, being able to do exactly what Dante Scarnecchia was able to do in molding, you know, guys like David Andrews, who's an undrafted free agent, and he just gets in, and he's the starting center on the defending Super Bowl champions, and... You're not even thinking of him. He's played every single snap, and, and it's—I I love it. I love what they've done on this offensive line. I mean, a guy like Cameron Fleming coming in uh, and starting at right tackle. Uh, this is a guy that was on the practice squad, and last year you sure he got some playing time, but it was most, mostly as a as a sixth offensive lineman, as a third tackle in running game. So they've done some really good things on the offensive line. Just don't see how they can be stopped. This week against Washington and, you know, the one person on the schedule that scares me maybe is Denver and how much of it is, you know, the stars aligning last week, Denver versus Green Bay uh, with Peyton Manning playing well and that defense putting him in uh, places to, you know, be successful.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, let's be honest when we talk about that Green Bay Denver game and what the Broncos did certainly impressive. Their defense, we know, is one of the best in the NFL. But the other reality is that Peyton Manning, coming off a of bye week, is the best you're going to get from Peyton Manning, especially because we're sitting here in you know at a point in time where the weather has not gotten as cold just yet. But winter's coming for you, Peyton Manning. Be ready. <laughs> and you know, coming off a of bye week, Sam Shields goes down. He's facing a couple. Third stringers in that Packers secondary. Dom Capers did not call a good game, and so there was a lot for Peyton Manning to take advantage of there, including his body being fresher than it's going to be the rest of the season, including the weather being in better conditions than it's going to be as we progress here and get later and later into the season. So
0: you know, and you say uh, you say Dom Dom Capers. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about it earlier this week uh you know with Bill Belichick you know being named the Patriots head coach i think it was actually during uh the game last week where they showed all the coaches that were, uh, you know, have been in there for Buffalo and Miami and the New York Jets. And I'm thinking back to, you know, the uh, 2000 season and, and, you know, after the 99 season where the Patriots start 6-2, and two, uh, finish 2-6 and six under Pete Carroll, and Carroll's fired and the coaching search starts. And a lot of people around here were talking Dom Capers coming in and being, you know, the next New England Patriots head coach. And, of course, Capers, you know, had done a fine job as a, the Carolina Panthers head coach, but he, of course, was fired, and, and and he was just ill-prepared to attack Peyton Manning. And, I mean, he darn Capers had a, had a cup of coffee here with the Patriots as a secondary coach, and he just, you know, he caught lightning in a bottle um, with the Panthers and Kerry Collins. And, and it's just so funny how things could work out. Imagine what hap- would have happened if the Patriots had hired Dom Capers instead of Bill Belichick?
1: Oh, I can't even go down that road. You talk about the butterfly effect. This would be a franchise that's in a drastically different position without Bill Belichick. And, you know, let's be honest. If if it was Dom Capers instead of Bill Belichick, then we might be sitting here in a similar position today as the Detroit Lions, who just fired the president and the GM, Jim Caldwell, you know the clock is about to strike midnight. On how his how as he well.
0: is not gone. You ever see him on the sideline, Caldwell? I mean, it looks like it's just it's it's like a it's like a five year old fat kid looking at the uh, ice cream truck, going, "What do I want?" Eww. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the guy has no no. There's no nothing in him. He's just staring at the boob tube. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he he does. You know that. That's a great comment because he does sit there and it's almost as if he's watching TV and with just, I can't believe every single time the camera goes to him, his mouth is not closed. He's got his mouth open and it's not moving. And this is literally every single time, you know, nine times out of 10, he's just sitting there with the same blank facial expression, mouth agape. It just, never you know every
0: every second I'm, i'm just waiting for bubba from forrest gump to go up there and go you can do shrimp like this and you can do shrimp like that and he's just he's got that he's got that bubba from forrest gump just look on his face you ever been on a real shrimp boat no but i've been on a real big boat i'm talking about a shrimp catching boat
1: yeah, I didn't expect to get a Forrest Gump reference into tonight's episode, but then again, I didn't expect to be talking about Jim Caldwell.
0: I just, you know, I mean, point that right there to the greatness, and I know we're a Patriots show here, but the greatness of what Peyton Manning was, and, and, and to a certain point, still was last week, but the greatness that he led Jim Caldwell to a 13-0 start, and got to the Super Bowl with Jim Caldwell as his head coach. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, you talk about putting someone on their back. Hey, Jim Caldwell should be sending Peyton Manning a thank you note every week, because what he did for him in Indianapolis is obviously the reason that Caldwell got the job in Detroit in the first place. Now the clock is about to strike midnight on Caldwell and we'll see if he gets another head coaching job because there's so many retread head coaches in the NFL, you know, before Caldwell, Fisher got another chance, or excuse me, Jim Schwartz got another chance, you know, so we'll see what happens and if he gets another chance elsewhere, but there's no doubt about it that Peyton Manning got him the shot in Detroit in the first place.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. Peyton Manning got him. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously, uh you know when when um tony dungy retired you know they they had that succession plan with jim caldwell and and it just it didn't work out i mean you saw what happened when they when they decided to suck for luck and now just luck just sucks but you saw them trying to suck for luck and they didn't even they didn't even need to they just had a moron head coach with you know a, a terrible terrible situation and here the Indianapolis Colts sit at 3-5, and five, so they haven't got much better.
1: No, that's true, and that's obviously a joy for Patriots fans to see the Colts struggle like they did. I was getting a little upset watching them come back at the end against Carolina, but luckily Carolina and that great defense held on for the victory. Obviously, guys like Luke Kinkley and Short and Josh Norman are just absolute beasts. And so they're able to get the job done there. And I'll tell you, as a fan of the Patriots and someone who does not like the Indianapolis Colts, you hate to see Pep Hamilton go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, and I and I look at it and you hate to see Pep Hamilton go because he was a pathetic offensive coordinator as well. Um, but if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm actually rooting for the Colts this week. You know, and and you expect you hope that the Colts can come come out and do something. Against the uh, against the Denver Broncos, you, know, you got to give Denver a loss somewhere, um, and, and this could be as good a week as anywhere because Denver's you know Denver's season their, their schedule is almost as weak as the Patriots, and they, they do have the Bengals, I believe, on their schedule, and of course this week against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, and they get the Patriots, so they actually have a little bit harder of a schedule than the Patriots, but. I, I think that game, November 29th, Denver-New England, is is going to be for home field advantage. Yeah,
1: it certainly seems that way. We can't rule out the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to say they're legitimate this season. We'll see what happens to Andy Dalton and that team and Marv Lewis in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season goes, they're legitimate. They're probably going to be in the thick of this race. But, you know, through the first six weeks, weeks of the season, it was funny because we're watching and it's Clear that Denver's defense is legitimate, but still, you're not really buying in on Denver, and so much of the public opinion has been swayed after that game coming off the bye week against Green Bay.
0: You know, it's what have you done for me lately? It, it, it really is because you sit there and you watch fantasy uh, teams around the world fall apart because of what Denver's defense did to Aaron Rodgers 77 passing yards. I mean, Tom Brady could could fall into a wheelchair and be able to throw for more than 77 passing yards. And I'm expecting him to pick that Denver defense apart because Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are going to devise a plan to neutralize that that offensive uh, you know, the, the defensive line attacking and those linebackers attacking, and, and they're going to be able to do a thing to neutralize Chris Harris Jr. and, uh, you know, and Aqib Tlaib. I, I, they're good, and, and first of all, Green Bay doesn't have the Gronk. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, is absolutely right, right there. You know, we know what's going to happen, that they're going to give help against Von Miller. They'll probably chip off of, Marcus Ware and look the other reality and part of the reason that Dallas let DeMarcus Ware go in the first place is that they recognized the pattern towards the end of his stint with the Cowboys that he would look great in the first half of the season and then start to fade away and you wouldn't hear as much from DeMarcus Ware in the second half of the season and and that was the case last year in Denver so we'll see if that changes but he's a year older and it's been the reality for him the past three seasons so it might just be the reality again that denver's left the one premier pass rusher in von miller with demarcus wares production dropping off late in the season it'll be interesting to see if that happens and if it's already happened by the time they get to the patriots and his impact is minimal in that game jeff so if you've got the denver broncos fantasy if denver broncos defense on fantasy Something you're going to want to be aware of is the fact that one of their two best pass rushers has shrunken like a violet the last couple of
0: seasons. (laughs) I like that. Shrunken like a violet. And and speaking of fantasy, there's still plenty of football to be played this season, but it already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com, where millionaires are being crowned all season long. DraftKings is fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, and with the players you want. That's the beauty of one-week fantasy at DraftKings. Challenge friends in a custom league or join an existing one to play for your share of the millions of dollars in prizes being paid out each week. With so much money up for grabs, every game is the big game, and every game matters. Renew old rivalries or create new ones by playing head-to-head with friends, co-workers, and fantasy players from across the nation. Just pick your contest, draft your players, and collect your winnings. That's it. That this is fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big kind. And hurry to DraftKings.com now and turn your love for football into a life-changing payday. Use the promo code NEWENGLAND and play for free with your first deposit in Sunday's million-dollar fantasy football contest. First place takes home hundred grand. Enter New England for a free entry now only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. And don't forget, each and every week, the Patriots Beat Podcast and GoalLineGazette.com. Of course you could follow them on Twitter at, at PatsGazette. We do the DraftKings contest together. Twenty-five teams, dollar each, top full get top three get paid. Check us out on Twitter, either one of us, join up, cost you a buck. And you know what? Sit there and tell myself, tell Rod that, you know what, you're better than us because we're not very good on this. Even though last week, Bobby DraftKings cool seventy five bucks, baby.
1: There we go. Get that beer money.
0: That's what you need. It's all about that beer money. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's you know before we get moving into. I think we're looking at this team, this Patriots team, and and, and against the Washington Redskins, and hopefully we are right here and we're not wrong. I think we both can admit that we think the Patriots are going to absolutely dominate this game. Hopefully this isn't a trap game. I think we want to talk about the NFL as a whole as we get into Week 9, halfway through the seasons, what we've seen. But why don't we give our offensive players and defensive players the game and our picks for this game right now, and let's get talking a little bit about the NFL as a whole. What do you think, Bob?
1: I'll even get the ball rolling here. Start with my defensive MVP prediction, and that is Chandler Jones this week. The NFL leader in sacks has another big test against Trent Williams. I expect him to pass that test and continue his impressive season. Let's not forget that Jabal Sheard is going to miss this game, so it's another one where Jones and Ninkovich have to be the two Iron Men. We'll see some more of the young bookends, I'm sure, in Geno Grissom, who plays a lot in the interior as well, and Trey Flowers, who we haven't seen much of this season. Be exciting. To see them in action this week but i do think that chandler jones is going to have a big game and so that's why he's my defensive mvp hopefully he gets to kirk cousins and causes havoc there offensively jeff my mvp could really be any number of players but
0: the entire team yeah
1: really i'm going with the bus driver for getting them there on sunday
0: <laughs>
1: in all seriousness i'll go with Dion lewis the g Jitterbug, he's got about eight different nicknames from the team. I call him the Jitterbug, and I think that it's quite obvious why I'm picking him. It's another game where you're seeing guys who are in the defense, especially linebackers who are going to struggle to cover his shiftiness, his ability to make guys miss, quite frankly, is elite. He's been one of the best satellite backs in the NFL this season. I expect him to continue his productive ways for the Patriots Sunday against Washington. He's my offensive MVP Chandler Jones defensively. As far as the score, I think this one is going to be a route. I would like to see Jimmy Garoppolo get some
0: action later during the game. Keep Brady in there.
1: Hey, you know what? Why not run up the score on Washington just like they did to him in 07? But I'm always a fan of Jimmy G time when the game has been iced. This game should be iced early. So hopefully we get to see some of Jimmy G in the second half. For a score prediction, I do think that if we see Garoppolo, which I expect to happen, that it's going to lower how much of a blow this is. But I expect the Patriots to hit the 40s while holding Washington to 17 points.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. I'm going to throw my score there right now. Patriots, 233, Washington, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) I'll take the over. No, yeah, exactly. No, I'm looking at the Patriots uh, in this one, uh, 45 to, I'll give them 21, 45 to 21 uh, for the Patriots. Offensive player of the game, you know, you're right, there's so many we could choose from. But I'm going to go with Julian Edelman. This kid is playing unbelievable, unbelievable. I don't think D'Angelo Hall could stick with him. Uh, you know, Culliver, the other cornerback, can't stick with him. Julian Edelman is going to be insane in this game. And not concerning uh, you, know, gonna... you at all. No, he's fine. He's fine. Not only that, but he's going to return a punt for a touchdown. I can feel it. feel it in my, in my bones. I think my it's
1: going defensive... be... to be Danny Amendola out there returning the punt.
0: Uh, you know, we've seen that. But Julian Edelman, he's going to – all right, someone – one of the white – Pygmies is going to return upon for a touchdown. That's what's going to happen. Okay? But I I'm with you on that, little...
1: tattoo. <laughs> uh,
0: defensive MVP for this game, Logan Ryan. Wow. I love what I'm seeing out of Logan Ryan right now. I am riding that Logan Ryan train. You know, I'm 1990s, so come on, ride the train. I'm riding the Logan Ryan train right to Pater. He's going to get a couple picks in this game two picks, not just one two picks this game feeling real good about uh, logan ryan and the defense
1: jeff i love that pick obviously we don't just bs our picks and say someone like a logan ryan just to say it so anytime we say someone like that especially knowing that there's genuine reasoning like you just illustrated behind it it's just something that i know gets both of us excited so i love the Logan Ryan selection, hopefully he comes through. I just through. feel
0: he's going to be able to really I, – I feel that they are going to put Butler on, uh, on, on uh, D-Jax because it just makes sense, that closing speed that Butler has. And I think that you're going to see Kirk Cousins, who has thrown uh, eight interceptions in seven games this season. You're going to see him trying to force the ball into Pierre Gosson. It's a guy that's been in this – uh, you know, in the system all season long, he has 37 receptions on the season. I think you're going to see him, you know, trying to force the ball in there. And you know, as much as a lot of people say, oh, you know, they people look at at players like a Logan Ryan, and you remember him getting burnt for the touchdown right before uh, the half for the, against the uh, against the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. You don't, you, you forget the fact that you know his rookie year. He had five interceptions. I mean, he has, I believe, ten interceptions in his career uh, in, you know, two-plus seasons. So this is a guy who's a little bit of a ball hawk, and his coverage skills have gotten so much better. I really think he'll be able to uh, to stick with uh, Pierre Garçon if he's on him. I think he can stick with anyone in the league. I'm really, as I said, I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of Logan Ryan.
1: Stick with anyone in the league is a very bold statement to make about Logan Ryan, but – There's no doubt that his coverage skills have improved. He's been the Patriots' most consistent cornerback this season. And, look, I said it in our last episode, which was before the trade deadline, that as much as we'd like to see them upgrade and bring in a veteran player in the secondary, I would be okay with moving forward with Ryan Butler and Justin Coleman. You can see all three progressing this season. They've passed some tough tests. And Logan Ryan, like we said, has been the, the rock of this group and the most consistent cornerback. So between the ball hawk skills and the improved coverage, I, I do like the pick of him getting the game ball defensively this week. And I, I've got to tip my cap that he has been very productive in that number two spot for them this season.
0: He's been extremely productive, and i you know I look at this team and I look at uh, what Logan Ryan has brought and what this uh team needs and you know we've seen the Patriots uh you know with a rash of injuries first to start with uh uh, Ra- uh Richardson their seventh round draft pick which which we all i think we all thought um was going to be a very good player to start the uh the year he was doing uh very well to start out uh in training camp Bradley Fletcher, of course got hurt. Um, you know, they cut uh, Roberto McLean. Um, you know, as I said, Bradley Fletcher was hurt and they cut him, uh, Terrell Brown. So they've had a rash of injuries. Uh, they brought in Justin Coleman. who was a guy that, um, you know, has played pretty darn well in his uh, first, first, you know, half of a season here with the Patriots. Uh, I was hoping that they would go out and make it a a, a trade for a, a cornerback, and I didn't think it was going to be, you know, the, you know, the rumors were out there about Jason McCoury, and it, it could be close and this and that. I wasn't looking at Jason McCoury as someone that they should go out and trade with, or or, a, or a, a Sean Smith. I was looking, um, you know, Marcus uh, what's Cooper. It, Cooper. Cooper, that's one of the guys, as Mike Reese was saying, I looked at him. I looked at another guy from like Detroit, like uh, Josh w- uh, Wilson. I thought that could be a guy that they could trade for. I wasn't looking for a big thing. Now we look at this, and the, you know, the trade day deadline came and went. A lot of hubbub, but the really only big move that was made uh, was the Denver Broncos acquiring um, you know, Vernon Davis.
1: Well, and let's keep in mind that the Patriots' moves came two different ways. They made a lot of trades brought in a lot of help to upgrade this roster before the trade deadline, bringing in the likes of Fostick and Freeney and Hicks and Michael Williams. And then also the guys that they're set to get back. They already got LaBelle back. Now, you know, Brian Stork is practicing. His return is going to come soon to an interior of the offensive line, even just the offensive line in general, is banged up. A lot of the guards have knee injuries right now. So it's going to be curious what they do at that center position between Stork and Andrews. Do they try Brian Stork at guard? I think they try it out and we'll see what type of results they get out of that experiment in practice and how many reps Stork gets at the guard position and when that begins. be interesting to see. And then you also talk about getting Chris Jones back and Dane Fletcher soon. So yes, they didn't make a trade at the deadline, but they did make trades to upgrade the roster before that. And they do have guys that they purposely planned to be extra cautious with, so that they could get reinforcements back later in the season, especially having such an early bye week this year.
0: Oh yeah, that was the big thing. They had an early bye week, and you're right. I mean, they've got Brandon LaFell back. They got to make that decision, uh, you know, within three weeks with uh, Brian Stort from when he started practicing, uh, Chris Jones, and and. Um, Fletcher, as well, and there's a lot of things that need to be happening here now you look at a guy like brian stork and and, and we know how well uh, David Andrews has played at uh at center and you and you say, you know what's going to happen here you know stork and and uh, and um, Andrews are, are both centers well, I don't think you're going to see them moving uh David Andrews no. outside of the center position, and it's it's as much of how great he is. And he's played awesome there all all year long. But he would be a very undersized guard. I mean, he's only 6'3", 295 pounds. 295 pounds is a very undersized guard. Now, you look at a guy like Brian Stork, of course, the fourth-round draft pick last year uh, out of Florida State, who came in and really solidified the New England uh, center of that New England defense uh, offensive line uh, when he was inserted into the offensive line. Uh, in the Cincinnati game, this is a guy at six foot four and three hundred and thirteen pounds that can have good size and move over to right guard or move to left guard he's he 's got this size, and another thing with Brian Stork that not a lot of people realize is stork at, started out at Florida State he started his first season. Playing right guard, and he played right guard for Florida State before moving in to become a center, becoming the Remington Award winner. So Brian Stork, um, you know, could definitely move to either of the guard positions, and I feel very comfortable. Uh, you know, they have Shaq Mason, they have uh, Trey Jackson. It looks like Jackson, uh, you know, dodged a bullet. Uh, Why you by wear the non- knee braces? Exactly. I was just going to say that Bill Belichick requiring his offensive lineman to wear knee braces. Uh, you know, that's a torn MCL, torn ACL. If he doesn't have that that uh, that brace on, so you know we look at what the Patriots didn't do at the trade deadline, and you're right, they went out and they made their trades earlier in the off uh, earlier in the season with Bostic and, and getting Akeem Nix. They got these players coming back, um, so it's a lot of things. Now, for those of you who sit there and say, "Oh, you know the Patriots really needed that, uh, you know that that uh, cornerback," you really got to look at what the Patriots have done this year with their secondary, and, and you see all these safeties that they have. I mean, they got Jordan Richards and, and, and Deron Harmon, two younger players that are playing well. Patrick Chung, who's playing extremely well and has moved down and played the slot a lot. You've seen Devin McCourty move all over the field. McCourty, of course, coming out of college as a cornerback, you've seen him in some man-on-man stuff, whether it's been outside or inside in the slot. And, and, and they've kind of used uh, Logan Ryan and... Um, and Malcolm Butler as their cornerbacks, and they've used those other safeties as guys that can come down and play there. So I like what I'm seeing here. It isn't, you know, it isn't that shutdown corner. It's help defense, and I'm really liking what the Patriots have in this way. And this is a defense that's doing pretty well. Now they haven't played, you know, a phenomenal offense yet. I mean, they they've dodged some bullets. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see what they do this week. Uh, you know, with two really good wide receivers coming up, what they do uh, against the New York Giants with Eli Manning, who always seems to give the Patriots fits, uh, and, and ex- of course Odell Beckham, and then of course that big matchup, uh, November 29th against the Denver Broncos uh, when they come out with Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Demarius Thomas, and, and of course their newly acquired Vernon Davis. That could be a nut- matchup nightmare pressure Peyton Manning you don't have to sack him get after him with, with that front seven and what they've been able to do
1: and disrupt the timing of Manning and his receivers that's usually what throws him off the most and look everyone the the hype around this Patriots Broncos game is building it's presumably the toughest test on the Patriots schedule remaining
0: but let's and for the Broncos as well yes
1: yes for both teams absolutely But let's not forget that two years ago, the Patriots beat the Broncos and then stubbed their toe late in the season in Miami. So that's going to be key. They've got two games against the Jets and the Dolphins at the end of the season, back-to-back road games. If, once again, it's a situation where they have to win out to clinch home field, they've got to be able to take care of business, keep it, make sure that the road to the playoffs goes through Gillette in the AFC, so let's not forget that as great as it would be if they beat the Broncos, and especially if they're still undefeated at that time, and they go into Denver and they win, a lot of the 16-0 talk is going to reach a decibel level that it hasn't just yet. But they're still going to be able to need, if you know, it's still neck and neck with Denver at the end of the season to take care of take care of business against two division opponents. On the road, back-to-back weeks to close out the season.
0: Yeah, those are going to be very, very big things, and uh, those are going to be games that you know what you might want to travel and go see, including that Denver game. Maybe you want to hang around this uh, this Sunday and and see the Patriots play at Gillette Stadium. Well, why don't you download the SeatGeek app for your smartphone, whether it be Android or iPhone, because my listeners can use the promo code Patriots in the SeatGeek app and get twenty dollar rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. It will take less than a minute to download the app. I've used SeatGeek. I just caught a concert with SeatGeek. Hey, you can check that out. This is, let me tell you right now, this is what SeatGeek does. It does a ton of great things for you. First of all, SeatGeek pulls in ticket options from hundreds of online ticket sellers to create a one-stop shop for tickets. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket option available on the net, all in one page. No need to go everywhere else and sit there and go, oh, am I getting a better deal this? Am I getting a better deal this? Because what they have is a feature that they call the deal score. It ranks every ticket on the market with a 1 to 100 value score and plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map so you can easily identify the best ticket value in the building at a glance. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless and easy. No more trying squiggly letters. You can't read like I can't read unless I have my contacts in. But you know, no more trying to do that. You just sit there. You can save your credit card information on the app. It's just two quick clicks to redeem your promo code and save twenty dollars on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter my promo code Patriots in the app. SeatGeek will then send you twenty dollars once you've made your first. SeatGeek purchase. Every ticket purchase on SeatGeek is backed by 100% guaranteed. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Patriots today. And not only can you buy it for Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, any kind of tickets you want to get out there, you want to get some concert tickets, you can get them there as well. Theater, show, whatever it's got to be, get out, get that SeatGeek app because I'm telling you right now, when Eric Church comes back around, I'm getting front row tickets with SeatGeek.
1: Yes, sir. I- I saw that Facebook post, you and your wife having a debate. Let me tell you something. Eric Church is one hell of a performer. Seeing him live, that's one hell of a concert. Great artist. I'm I'm with Jeff Kane on that one.
0: <laughs> For those of you who want to know, my, my, my wife always makes fun of me because uh I am a a member of the church choir. <laughs> I am a me- I am a member. Uh the church choir of course is, is Eric Church. If you haven't uh if you haven't listened to Eric Church, I highly recommend Hopping on iTunes, downloading him, because he is a country music Jesus, as he has a song about. But um, I just received an album in the, in the mail the other day, Mr. Misunderstood, uh, for anyone in the church choir. They got that, so thank you, Mr. Church. I'm sure you're not listening to Patriot Speed podcast, but if you are, you're a big fan of mine, and my wife doesn't really love you, but I do. So We'll tweet this at him. We'll make sure we'll
1: t- he gets it.
0: You, know, you gotta make sure he gets that because Eric Church is the man. Um but no, in all seriousness now, let's let's look around the league here because as we said, trade deadline came, trade deadline went, Vernon Davis got that uh got the trade. Um there was also some talk about the, the Broncos trying to get Joe Thomas for a first and a second rounder for Joe Thomas and a mid rounder. Listen, Elway is going for it this year and he thinks and, and, and He's right. He's got the defense right now to win. He's got the defense to win. They've got to protect Peyton Manning. They've given Manning an extra, extra body to throw to. I still look at this, and I, and I can't see Manning beating Brady. You know, I know he did it two years ago uh, in, in uh, Denver, but Matthew Slater, as much as I love him, was one of your wide receivers in that game, you know? Danny Amendola was, was banged up. Julian Edelman was, was banged up. And, and you had Matthew Slater, and I can't remember the other guy who used to catch passes from Peyton Manning, um, but he was one of your starting wide receivers. Who, man, was your starting tight end? So look at the difference between the two years. As long as the Patriots are healthy, they will beat Denver here, there, or on the moon.
1: Yeah, Gronk, Michael Williams, and Scott Chandler is a hell of a lot different than rolling out Who man and Matthew Mulligan. So, the Patriots, it's like health is a key factor in any team, any sport. Obviously, we all know that. It's cliche. But I'm right there with you. And Peyton Manning said in the offseason that he can no longer feel the football with his fingertips. That's only going to get harder for him to be effective as the weather gets colder, we saw what happened to him down the stretch last season. Injuries were a part of it. Well, uh, you know, this isn't just some rare condition. This is due to injuries right here. The same deal with the fingertips in the football. That's injury related. Injuries happen. It's part of the factor, although not the whole story, in why he struggled down the stretch of last season. It's probably going to be the same reason that you're going to see a similar Peyton Manning at the end of this season. And again, it's a huge factor in why I think that the Patriots will beat the Broncos. I'm confident that the Patriots, if they had to, although I don't think they will, but I'm confident this season they could go into Denver and win. That's a very tough place to get a win in the playoffs, no less, but I'm confident Confident This year, when you look at the two teams, when you look at the two quarterbacks and the fact that Tom Brady is arguably playing the best football of his career, I'm confident the Patriots, if they had to, could go into Denver in the postseason. And so long as they're healthy, they could beat the Broncos.
0: Couldn't agree with you more there. Looking around the rest of the AFC, of course, um, you know, you got the uh, Cleveland Browns playing um, the Cincinnati Bengals this week. The Bengals will look to move to eight and zero. I expect them to do that. Um, you know they've had a knack for winning this year. The Bengals, but you go around. So you got you got the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Broncos. Then you got the Indianapolis Colts leading their division at three and five. In fact, there's only four teams that are over five hundred right now uh, in the in the AFC. Um, that's that's pretty sad. I mean, if if you ask me, that's that's really sad. Uh, you know, you got the page as we said. The Patriots, Broncos, and Bengals are all seven and zero. And excuse me, there are there are five teams because the Jets and the Raiders are both uh, four and three. I don't think we have to be too scared about uh, either one of those teams. Of course, any given Sunday, as they say, I'm looking now and I'm looking at the. This this Bengals team, you know, they've won seven in a row uh, to start the season. They've scored 198 points. They've given up 132. They've had close games. The Broncos have won because of defense. Everyone will say, again, look what you've done to me lately. You know, Peyton Manning came out and played great against the uh, the Green Bay Packers. He hasn't played great all season long. And you were right, Bobby. You're talking about a guy who's coming off – Uh, you know, a bye week. is the healthiest he's going to be all season long.
1: Yeah. And so I'm just, look, it seemed like in the beginning of the season that Denver was winning in spite of Peyton Manning, not because of him that week against Cleveland, for example, a more competent opponent is going to beat the Broncos right there. So it just felt like that. And then I know he played great against Green Bay, but the bye week in Green Bay, losing Sam Shields and having a couple third stringers out there for Manning to be able to go after. All relevant factors in making him look so good, and we'll see how he follows up that performance this week and how he looks as we get to this time that we've been hyping up for a while now. Late in the season, the pressure's on. We've seen how he performs in the clutch, and the weather's going to be colder. We'll see how all these factors come together and how he handles all of this adversity and all these conditions being thrown at him it's going to be interesting to see but the Bengals I do think they're legitimate as far as the regular season goes because they've proven to win games in different ways this season and I think we're looking at a different Andy Dalton even against Pittsburgh they didn't play great but they found a way to win ugly and that's what winning football teams do and so the playoffs is a whole other test, and, and we don't know until we get there what we really have in this Bengals team. But as far as the regular season goes, I think they're legitimate. I think they're right in the hunt. But this Patriots team, Jeff, is on a mission. And as upset as people were that they didn't make a move at the trade deadline, that was to upgrade and augment an already a roster that's already very talented, And the Patriots have head and shoulders above the rest of the league, played the best football in the NFL this season. So, you know, no use crying over spilled milk that they didn't make a move at the deadline because this still is the best team in the NFL to this point, and I expect that trend to continue the rest of the way.
0: I agree with you, and I'm going to say it right now. The Broncos are going to lose this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts.
1: That is a hot take right there. We're going to save that soundbite and you better believe next week's episode that we are playing that. We've got Jeff Kane, the Boston Fat Guy, on the record that Indianapolis' sans Pep Hamilton will hand Denver its first L of the season. Look, Chudzinski is an upgrade over Hamilton. I don't know if this Colts team is the one who hands Denver their first loss.
0: I feel it is, and and because it's in... Indianapolis, you know that they're going to have a loud crowd. You know that Indianapolis can't sit there and start the season at three and six. You know they, they, they I feel like they can. They're,
1: they're in the AFC South.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I know they're in the AFC South, but I just feel that this is the week that they can win, and, and, and that crowd noise can upset Peyton Manning. It can upset their their you know uh, their moves and this and that and i think uh you know indianapolis listen we we look at indianapolis they don't have a great defense they gave the patriots a little bit of trouble they 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 did they i mean sure they scored 34 points but they were able to give the patriots a little bit of trouble and tom brady is far superior to Peyton Manning. The only thing Peyton Manning has over Tom Brady is the fact that he can just chuck it up and have a guy like Demaryius Thomas catch it, or chuck it up and have Emmanuel Sanders catch it. Now, I'll take Julian Edelman and Gronk over, you know, Thomas and, and, and Sanders all day long, twice on Sundays, but this is the week that they lose. This is the week they lose because they'll be pumping in that artificial crowd noise.
1: There it is. Glad you got my message on that one in time. (laughs) That's right, Indianapolis, we don't forget. And, uh, well, we, we got the Boston Fat Guy on the record. We'll see what happens between the Broncos and Colts. Obviously, Patriots Nation is unanimously decided that New England is going to wax Washington. This weekend. So, you know, I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I'm now more interested, quite frankly, to come back for next week's episode and play that soundbite. Jeff Kane on on the record. We'll see if he's right if we're dealing with Nostradamus over here and the Colts get that victory against Denver.
0: (laughs) It's going to happen. Patriots are going to win. Colts are going to (laughs) win. Denver, of course, is going to lose. The, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win. It's going to be down to two undefeated teams in the uh, in the AFC: the Patriots and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who would ever thought that the Cincinnati Bengals um, would be undefeated? Of course, they got to take care of uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, hopefully, they do. As we record this during the game, um, and I'll look like a fool if if they if they don't.
1: Up by a touchdown, going into the fourth quarter. As we get ready to wrap things up, so. This is a small test for primetime Andy Dalton to pass, but nonetheless, a lot better than if he had taken a step back tonight.
0: Well, don't forget, after the Patriots game this Sunday, and every single Patriots game, you can tune into the CLNS Radio Patriots Post Game Show, and you can call in toll-free to 929-477-2386. Just go to blogtalkradio.com slash game check us out this week it'll be none other than Patrick Shankauer and Mike Alongi and they'll be bringing you everything live from the Patriots and Washington Redskins game only on Seannus Radio for Bobby Kravitzki I'm Jeff Kane I'd like to thank our sponsored Seat Geeks of course, Harry's Razors have that nice shave like I have. And, and of course, DraftKings, and I'm going to win some money. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter, at, at PatriotsBeat. And, of course, check out the DraftKings contest that we have going along with Pat's Gazette and their great website, uh, GoalLineGazette.com. Until next week, see you Internet Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.